hear and know your word and to know how it is your people. Amen. I wonder what it means for you to be a Christian. I wonder if I ask you, and I'm not going to, I've done similar things to you before, but you're not allowed to sit next to one another, so I'm not going to get you to do it. But if I ask you to say today to one another what difference it makes to you that Jesus died and rose again, I wonder what your answer would be. I remember when I was in my early teens, we had a service in the evening that um, was regularly attended by quite a lot of young people. And sometimes we'd have tea beforehand, and then we'd go out into the town. What we were told to do was going fishing. I tell you, it was very scary, and I wouldn't want you guys to do it, because I don't think this is what we should have been doing. But there you go, that's what we did. We went out trying to get other young people to come to church. Perhaps five, it was just the way we did it. And I remember now having a conversation with somebody in the local park, a young man, talking to him about why he should come to church with us. And what we talked about was, if you get locked in here tonight, which we did, we got locked in and had to climb over the gate, and you fall off the gate and break your neck, where are you going tonight? And so it was all about going to heaven. I wonder if that's what you think our faith is about. The reading, the gospel reading even, that we've just read, the reading from the Epistle to John, talks about eternal life. I do believe that that's about being with God when we have died. But Jesus makes it very, very clear that our life today will be different. And so I wonder what difference you can talk about that isn't talking about one day going to heaven, but actually recognising that the kingdom of God is here among us. Perhaps if I ask the question differently, what signs of God have you seen in the last week or two? Have you noticed, have you looked for God working in your life, in the life of others? Have prayers been answered? Or even maybe they haven't, and you're wondering what God is saying. Have you been wondering what God is saying? Let's go back in time to the time that we are in at this moment, but actually back in the time of the disciples. The time between Ascension Day, when Jesus left them, and Pentecost, 
when the Holy Spirit came in that dynamic way. Last Thursday was Ascension Day. Next Sunday, we celebrate Pentecost, that time. And we have just sung in our heads, if not in our mouths, the Spirit of the Living God fall afresh on me. I wonder if we'd ask the disciples from the days in between the Ascension and Pentecost, what difference it made that Jesus had died and risen again to them what they would have said. And I guess we have the answer because actually perhaps not what they thought in between those times but what they began to realize after pentecost we have in our new testament that is what our new testament is about the letters of paul of all those other epistle writers are actually saying to us jesus died and rose again and it can make a difference to the way you live your life. In that time between the Ascension and Pentecost, the disciples gathered together to pray. They kept on doing the things that they had done, and they sought God's guidance. They asked God to show them how to live. How do we know that? In lots of ways, but the reading from Acts today told us one of the ways. They asked God to show them who should replace Judas. On this occasion, they took lots. They, we don't know how, they might have done it through straws, they might have done it through dicing, you know, one short straw and lots of long straws, all of those different ways. Later on, we see in Acts other ways that they asked for God's guidance. But they asked for God's guidance. They prayed, they carried on worshipping, they went about living their lives. And then the Holy Spirit came. So what difference did the Holy Spirit make to their lives. What difference could it make to you and me? In John's first letter, which is we read virtually the end of today, what we see there is John writing, explaining to a church that was beginning to make Jesus so holy that they were forgetting how human he was and how important it was that this wasn't just a spiritual thing, this was a human thing. He speaks today about the fact that the water and blood, the death of Jesus, the sign of the death of Jesus, and the Spirit together speak of the human testimony of God, of God speaking. And how? Because God 
has given us through his Son life. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And that life that is there in 1 John isn't about when we die. It's about the joy and vibrance and understanding that made those Christians weak. Of John saying the most important thing is that you love, that God's love flows through you, and that that love is a human love, that God shows through Jesus becoming a man, that love is possible, that true love is possible. If you have the chance, go home and read the whole of that first letter of John. It's only five chapters long. You could probably read it in an hour or so. And hear how John talks about the fact that we need to love. This week, this Christian age week, we come to the end of Christian Age Week. I wonder how much in our lives we have shown the love of God to others. There's a danger in this world at this time that we hear of so much pain and disaster that we get compassion fatigue, that we get put off, that we lose or care, or that we put our hands in our pockets and we give money, but we don't give our hearts, we don't give who we are, we don't give of ourselves. How do we know that? I think we can know it by looking at the way we care for the people who are closest to us, not closest to our hearts, but the ones that we live near, the ones that we see when we're around at the shops, the ones that are in community with us. I wonder if your faith, like mine, can become all tied up in the things we do in church but not actually make a lot of difference to the things that we do when we go out of that door. John reminds us that being a Christian isn't about life after death. As the Christian age has said time and time again, we believe in life before death. And God does too. God longs for us to receive time and time again the Holy Spirit by praying, by asking for God's wisdom to know how to live and how to love.
That's what Jesus prayed. The very first time that Jesus gave us this meal to remember. In John's Gospel, Jesus prays a prayer during that meal before he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane. And John chapter 17 is part of that. We had part of it read to us today. And Jesus talks to the Father about the fact that he knows that his disciples, and he goes on to say, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. So that's you and me too. Jesus prays that we will be able to live in the world, but not of the world. Isn't that what I've just been saying enough? Isn't that being spiritual and holy and nothing like anybody around us? Really difficult because the Greek word that's being used there for world doesn't mean what we mean when we talk about the world. We can talk about the world and we can think it means everybody who isn't a Christian. In this context, Jesus is talking about everything that was not of God. But that doesn't mean other people because they are created by God. That doesn't mean the beautiful creation that we see around us because that is created by God. What isn't created by God is evil, a bad thing. And the only way that I can think of describing this world, use of world like this is when I was growing up, my parents would talk about people being very worldly. And by that they meant that they were um, into money and fashion and all of those things and that was more important than God or more important than other people. Jesus asks us to go out into the world and witness. But he asks us to do that as he asks God to sanctify us, to make us holy. Jesus asks you and me to be holy, set apart for God, full of God, full and allowing God to work through us. but to be in the world, to be out there living our lives with everybody around us, out there living our lives, but as we do it, living and making a difference as Christians. I've had two images in my mind one of which I really wish I had the ability to do it, and I think people like Mike Parsons would have been able to do it for us. You know if you've got a really strong liquid with a really strong colour in it, and you put a membrane between it, 
on something else. But it is porous. The, if you've got clear liquid at the bottom and a bright colour at the top, or vice versa, gradually, the bright colour will go into the other. But if the other colour is stronger, they will start muddling and being messy and muddled. I wonder whether you can see that of us as Christians. If we're strong enough, not in who we are, but allowing God's grace and God's love and joy to be in us, not being happy, clappy Christians, but living our lives by prayer, by knowing God's word, by looking for God in everything we do, then that strength will just go out into others. It will go there. It will be out there. But you know, if our colour isn't very strong, then the colour of the world, the bits that are not of God, will start messing us up. We'll change our colour. We will not have life in all its fullness. We will not be sanctified. And how God calls us to witness is by being the kingdom of God where we are. It was in the early church that people said, see how these Christians love one another. Do we love? Do we love God so much that we know? On Ascension Day, the disciples saw Jesus raised and left them. But before he did that, he told them to go and be his witnesses. So they went home and they prayed. And they asked God to show them how to do that. And then the Holy Spirit came, yes, on Pentecost, but lots of other times too, showing them how to do that. And for some of them, like Peter, it was standing up and talking about it. But for many, many others, as they dispersed from Jerusalem all over the world, it was about living their lives in a way that others would see God's love and God's grace. And that's my other picture. I have this picture of messy church here in the past. And we've got um, glitter out. We've been using the glitter. And we had it contained on the table. But actually, I don't know, you probably still find bits of glitter now in different places, on the carpets, on the backs of chairs, however many times we've been doing whatever we've done. And do you know, 
Gott kommt gegen einen und ist für dich gerechter. Das ist heute, wo ich das nicht mehr sage. They didn't know how to do it. Jesus hadn't really taught them other than by living it. And we have the chance now, between today and next Sunday, to ask God, to pray that God would show us how to do that. And I mean us, because I think we all get complacent. We all think we know what we're doing, and we don't up that white collar, we become less slippery. So my hope and prayer for you, for me, for us, is that we spend time this week praying that God will show us how we can be his witnesses, how we can be glitter, how we can be stronger, so that when Someone asks us, what difference does it make to you that Jesus died and rose again? You'll be able to know how to answer and we'll be showing them by the way we live. Amen.